It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 14, the Ryan Fitzpatrick edition of the podcast. Fitzy, what an absolute butron for sure. I can only aspire to have a beard as epic as he has. He's played for eight NFL teams after being a seventh round pick in 2005. Did you know he went to Harvard as well? Uh, yeah, if you're a sports fan of him, yes, of course you know he went there. It's funny how there's some athletes that they always have an anecdote attached to them every time. As I said, Fitz, he went to Harvard. Or what about Antonio Gates played college basketball? Or Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round? I also noticed that about Mike Weir, actually, when he was in his heyday. It was never Mike Weir when they showed him. It was Canadian Mike Weir every single time. I guess sports broadcasters, apparently, they're contractually obligated to give that little nugget of information that we've heard a million times already. I'm very excited to have on my podcast today, Brian Mudrick from TSN. So without further ado, without wasting any more time, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on the play-by-play man for Montreal Canadiens games and curling on TSN. He's been with the company for 15 years where he's been involved with Olympic coverage and hosted countless sports center shows in addition to so much more. Brian Mudrick, welcome to the H-Dog Pod. Mm, bang. Hey, buddy. What's going on? I'm glad to be here. Oh, great to have you on. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, uh, it's a weird world uh, we're living in right now, so uh, I'm adjusting pretty well and, uh, you know, not doing too bad. Uh, yourself? About the same, my friend. You know what? It's been uh, definitely an unprecedented last month or so, and um, yeah, it's been it's been different for sure. Um, try to limit watching my amount of television and, um, get outside, you know, keep in touch with family and friends, which has been nice. And, you know, doing some FaceTiming with cousins and people that I, I haven't had a chance to, uh, you know, connect and engage with and whatnot. And, um, you know, uh, constantly reminded on how lucky we are to have our doctors and our nurses and our first responders and even people at the grocery store, man, I, yeah. I can't say enough and tip my cap to the people out there that are keeping this country going literally truck drivers, you know, making sure the food supplies keep coming in. These are things, you know what, you know what, Michael, that, uh, we rely on, you know, every day and you, we all have our lives and go about our business, but you know, in this time you really, um, think about them a lot more. And, uh, for any of those uh, people that are listening to your podcast, uh, you know what, uh, my heartfelt uh, thanks to all of them. Yeah. It's, it really is amazing. Cause yeah, it would be so tough to go to a job where you know that you are potentially are right in the line of fire of what could po- could possibly happen, and uh, they're definitely doing an amazing job uh, without question. Uh, that, that is one of the takeaways, though. I have noticed you mentioned about uh, getting in touch with some family members and, and, and friends that you maybe hadn't been in touch with for a while, and I actually do that is my one takeaway from all this. There's definitely been a lot more uh, Zoom calls. Zoom, the stock in that company, obviously must be just skyrocketing. And a lot more, yeah, calls and actually face-to-face time and, and, and actually discussion with people instead of maybe just a, a text here or there. No, it's it's been really good. I, I kind of had the first week of it. I sort of, and I'm lucky, I, have, I come from a big family and we're pretty close. So I was going through, uh, you know, every night I try to get a cousin that I haven't chatted with for a while. And, and we're sort of spread out across the states and Canada so yeah, it was it was pretty cool to catch up and 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 to talk to people, and I try to continue uh, to do that. Um, and even friends, you know, checking in, you know, we you know we talk a lot with our company, even you know with Bell. Let's talk, and 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 we always say, and I like specifically, I know it's one day, 
that, you know, we mental health is at the forefront. But I think these are the times where I think it's great to just randomly check in on a buddy that maybe you don't talk to as much or you'd like to, but just to see how they're doing and how their family's doing. And sometimes, you know, checking in makes a huge difference to someone's life where, you know, especially if you're in isolation by yourself, mm-hmm, you yeah. know, and you can't be with your family and, and you don't have that individual with you. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a great time to remember there's everyone and there's a lot of stress right now, man. Like people are worried about putting food on the table. Can they pay rent? Um, you know, I've done a bunch of podcasts about sports and it's great to talk about sport because it's, it's as humans, it's sort of our escape and, and our lifeline. But to be honest, I, uh, it, I really, I really think to my friends who have lost jobs, you know, this business that we're in, Michael, there's a lot of freelance people that, you know, they get, they only work when their sports on. Yeah, and so you think about people's and their families. And so, yeah, so, you know what, I, I, my heart goes out to a lot of families and, and there was a cool quote, man, that I, that's a dear friend of mine sent to me. And the quote was, uh, when you're healthy, you have a thousand dreams. And when you're not, you have one. And, uh, that wow. one really stuck with me during this, this time, you know, like I'm grateful to, to feel healthy and, to, you know, be able to have food and whatever. And, and, you know, maybe people will take a step back and and uh, you wonder how many people's mindsets or things will change when we come on the other side of this, man. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, I've been thinking of myself. It's this is a tremendous uh, opportunity to, uh, you know, get a little bit healthier and, you know, try to eat better because I've obviously wanted to do that. And it's so hard to do that on a regular basis. And and it's an amazing opportunity to work out in my condo here and actually try to get better because, this is hopefully in our lifetimes will never happen again where we're going to be home for months at a time. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to approach it as like, this is a, obviously a really bad time, but try to make the best of it, you know? So hopefully that's uh, what wait we'll a second do. hound dog. I got to cut in there, but what about the Wendy stocks with the baconators? You're not, cr- listen, they need you. <laughs> you're, you single-handedly put that stock to all time highs a few years back with your, your baconator extraordinaire. I didn't forget that in the newsroom, man. You got to get <laughs> the talent. Oh man, yeah. For those who don't know, don't know that story, I uh, tried to crush five uh, baconators uh, many, many moons ago, and got through like three and three quarters, and uh, and I had two cokes. That's what screwed me over. If I hadn't had the cokes, maybe I would have been able to do it. But the first three uh, were so so simple, and then I would ju- then it just became vile looking at them. It was just awful. You are the Joey Chestnut of Sports Center, man. Good for you. <laughs> that is funny how that that story is still sort of uh, people who don't even know me are like, "Hey, man, Baconator." It's like, wait. Who you like <laughs> you should be sponsored by like what jay and dan got mcdonald's you should have as hound dog you should have your own wendy sponsor and and stir the pot over there you know <laughs> well i can't even uh, go to mcdonald's because my dad the mcdonald's by my place completely closed it's uh it's uh that's actually again it's one of those positives i'm trying to take from that is like i'd like to go there sometimes but it's a good thing that i don't have the chance to go there so uh, i mentioned it off the top uh curling in uh, montreal canadians games you call uh what are some uh, interesting uh, stories that you can say in this podcast? I'm sure there's some you can't. Uh, let's go with uh, let's start with a uh, curling on that one. Curling stories, you know what, uh, Michael? Curling is one of the. I love covering that sport, and a lot of it. I grew up curling in small town Alberta. Um, we grew up on a three sheeter in a little town uh, called Boyle, Alberta. And when I tell people I'm from Boyle, they think I have a medical condition. Um, uh, I, thought, is I, I was thinking town. you were going to say Boyle from, because you look like Boyle from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Has anyone ever told you that? No. Well, have you seen me lately? I look like someone who should not be even allowed near a television. 
Um, <laughs> this is a disgusting beard, and I don't think I've even actually I did wash my hair a couple days ago, so there's that going for me. Uh, and I showered today, so there's that. I got that. Going for me. I'll have to check. Who is this guy on Brooklyn Ninety Nine? What's this guy's name? As his character name is Charles Boyle. Charles Boyle. Do I so I look like him? Yep. Or you think? Oh, I do. Okay, I think wow. so. I, I, he must be really handsome. <laughs> Whenever I first watched the show, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Mudrick!" Yeah. Wow. Okay, I, I got to get some. Uh, People I, think I look like Andrew Shear, which is uh, really unfortunate. <laughs> um, I take that back. I know Andrew's a big listener of your podcast, so oh, I get Andrew Shear a lot. Actually, Jay and Dan, I think, did the "Are they related?" thing, but I actually don't think I look like Andrew Shear. But whatever. What do I know? I think uh, uh, Boyle looks definitely, in my opinion, uh, closer to you than uh, than Shear. Uh, I did cut you, know, you off you there. You know Onrights from Boyle, Alberta? Do you know that he lived there till like grade six? Wow. So two uh, TSN uh, uh, Sports Center legends from the same uh, small town in Alberta. Eh? That's and we're really we're getting that. away from curling, Hound Dog. Yes, but yes, sorry. You know that? No, but it's a great story. Do you know that that uh, Jay's mom Joanne and my dad Bob were part of the hit Ukrainian rock band, the Rainbow Riders? <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, that is not a joke. Wow. You asked Jay about uh, Joanne and Bob and the Rainbow Riders uh, back in the day. Uh, a lot of Kolomenka, a lot of hot Ukrainian uh, songs back then. And that is something you can't even make. You can't make that stuff up, man. Jeez. Yeah, no, I had Jay on the last podcast. I uh, I didn't know that. I should have had you on before him, and I could have asked him about that. Damn. Yeah, well, that's, put, that in your, put that in your bank account, the Rainbow Riders. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so curling. When you grow up in a small town in Alberta, I love the sport. Uh, I love to play. I played at Nate, actually. I was on the curling team. The great Jules Ochar, who's coached a lot of the beauties over the years, Kevin Martin, uh, for a million years. He coached him, and more recently, uh, Brad Gushu, who just won another briar. Michael, they're the nicest folks. You know, the curling, the curling men and women uh, are so approachable. They're they're like hardworking blue collar, like the rest of you know us. I don't think I've ever been told you know no when I've needed to do a quick interview or get some you know get a story or two for the broadcast purposes. Um, it's great, and the people, the fans are are just so many people. You go to the Briar Patch or you're in the arenas, and and people just want to come say hi and say. You know, can I get a photo or, you know, my great uncle Joe knows your uncle Billy from back wherever. Like, it's such a cool community, uh, the curling world, and I really enjoy it. Um, that's big picture. As uh, as for what's a good story I could tell you, uh, there's a lot. Uh, one of my favorite ones or the funniest ones was when I first started to work with Russ Howard. Uh, uh, absolute beauty. Uh, so Russ... Um, we were in. It was our first uh, event. It was a Scotties in Victoria, in 2009, and it was hilarious. So we're trying to go out to the to get a drink together. I haven't. I hadn't actually met him, and we're going to be working together. And what I mean by met, I mean I've, I've met him. I know who he was, was obviously, but we hadn't really worked a lot together. So a couple nights before the first draw, we're going to call together. So let's go to the bar. He's like, I don't know, Brian. But come on, we got to go for a beer, man. Let's go. He's like, okay. <laughs> so we go to this like bar in Victoria. It's lined up. And who does the bouncer recognize? Russ Howard, Olympic curling champion, gold medalist. So <laughs> he's just proud as a peacock. He walks us into the bar. So we have a, a beer or two, and I can tell he's starting to get tired. So I say, here, here, Russ, try one of these. Russ had never tried Red Bull before. Ooh. So I hand him a Red Bull vodka, and he was doing his sprinkler dance about you know five minutes after that, and he's on fire. <laughs> and then this young this young lady rolls up to him and goes, oh, my goodness, sir, are you are you Russ Howard? And his chest sticks out just like he's like, <laughs> oh, so proud. He's like, you better believe I am. 
And she goes, oh, my grandma loves you. Can I get a photo to send my grandma? And I'm, of course, I'm dying, right? (laughs) So, you know, he's like, we're all making fun of him, whatever. So 10 minutes go by. I I find this other girl. I whisper to her. I said, listen, I'll buy you a drink. Just go to this guy in five minutes and say this. And she's like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) So literally, we're, we're, you know, we're having a few more beers. It's great. We're getting good camaraderie together. And about 10 minutes later, this other girl comes over to Russ. He goes, oh, my goodness, sir. Are you Russ Howard? And again, Russ, like, just... (laughs) chest is out yes i am right he's thinking wow everyone big big celebrity and she goes oh my goodness my great great grandma thinks you are just the bomb and he's like (laughs) looks at me and we just were howling but that was how russ and i sort of uh you know what became buddies and broke in together and uh he's uh he is a lot of fun we have we have a great time working together no that's awesome yeah that's a great story and and someone else you also work with, uh, who's a legend uh, at TSN, Vic Router. Uh, dish the dirt on him. There has to be some uh, good, uh, good stuff there. You know, Vic. It's funny. We we don't get to. We're like shifts, sort of passing in the night, right? Because I work in the mornings. Vic is afternoon, evening. The one thing about Vic, uh, he is he is. Uh, I get asked about Vic a lot. He's really funny. Like he he actually has a pretty wicked sense of humor. You know, he's such a pro and he's a professional through and through, but Vic's got a great sense of humor. I don't know if a lot of people realize how he, he's got a couple pretty good little one-liners he'll pull out of nowhere. And you know what? He is, I put Vic in the in a special category of the Bob Coles and, as you know, the Rod Smiths oh. and the guys who are just sort of those iconic sports figures that we all, and I, and I say this with all respect, I'm not calling them old. They just, they all are, they're older, but they, they're who we all grew up with. And there's just, there, there's certain voices and people that just resonate, especially with me. And being a kid that grew up loving curling, um, you know, Vic Router, Vic Router basically invented curling play by play, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and on a, and on a kind of a personal, um, cool story, when I, when I, uh, I had a lot of people know my story. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma, form of cancer, and I battled it twice. The second time I battled it, I was really sick. And um, I was in isolation in the Cross Cancer Institute in Edmonton. So that was in 1999. And the Briar that year was in Edmonton. And I watched the Briar three draws a day, every day. You know, and at that time it was it was Vic and, and Moosey and Linda Moore. And that, I'll tell you what, man, that got me through having that distraction and watching those guys uh, really pulled me through, uh, and, I, and I meant that. And, and you know, to work with Vic years later, and get to actually be a part of the broadcast team, and Michael, the, one of the nicest moments for me ever was uh, years later. The Olympic curling trials were in Edmonton, and I got to call them on that same sheet of ice that I grew up when I was sick in that hospital. And then years later, the Briar was there, and there was there was a point where my doctor. Dr. Bob Turner, and he was the my doctor at the Cross who helped save my life. He was a massive curling fan, and he was the volunteer doctor on site. And I knew he was a big fan, but like he was like a super fan. So it was cool to see him as a broadcaster, and uh, and to like shoot the breeze with him at that event. And as a thank you to him, years later when I started my golf tournament, Brad Jacobs had just won Olympic gold in Sochi. And uh, I set it up through his secretary. Bob Turner didn't know this was happening. We went from the airport when we landed straight to the Cross Cancer Institute, straight to Bob Turner's office. He walked in, sees the four guys with their Olympic medals. And I don't think there's something I could ever do to pay back what that man did for me than that moment. And then the boys, the Jacobs team went around. Uh, and, and kind of took photos with a lot of the patients that were ill. And a lot of them on that third floor ward where I was really sick, they went around. A lot of those people's, Michael, they didn't, they may have had months. 
Um, and they went around with their medals and made a big difference that day. Um, so you wonder why I love curling, man. There's there's a couple stories, and uh, I'll never forget that Jacobs team taking the time to bring those Olympic medals and making an impact on those people. And then and then we went to my golf tournament, raised a lot of money, and got really drunk. Uh, <laughs> so that was, um, it was it was awesome though. You raised a, a ton of money for your golf tournament too, right? Like uh, was it like almost two million? Um, yeah, we we about one point eight million. Um, Fantastic. When I was sick in that hospital, I wanted to, uh, I remember getting, we, it's my mom's favorite story. She loves the story, but, uh, dude, I'm about, you know, six foot one, about 205 pounds. And at that time I was about 150 pounds. That's how sick I was when I was finally finished all my chemo and everything. Okay. So my mom's wheeling me out of the hospital. Finally, I'm done all my treatments. And I remember saying to her, mom, someday I'm going to raise a million dollars for this place. And she laughed and said, yeah, why don't you put on 10 pounds first? And uh, we sort of chuckled. And um, my first uh, uh, TV job was in Lloydminster. Then I went to Winnipeg. And when I got back to Edmonton, I would have been 21. And we started uh, the Brian Mujer Golf Classic. And and in year 11, we made a million bucks um, and uh, overall. And we kept doing it. And we did it for 15 years. And sadly, my brother was diagnosed with a really rare form of cancer and we lost him uh last year and uh he was our guest speaker our final year and we uh it was pretty heart-wrenching and um we decided to have one more golf tournament in his honor and raise money for knight's cabin which is an organization which helps cancer patients and families after with like you know uh mental health with food with uh what to do after you've survived and how to cope and how to be you know how to how to take that next step and he was really proud of that organization so we had planned to do that tournament this year in june but with this covid19 we've uh, postponed it at one year and obviously the right thing to do and uh and we want to honor his memory so we'll do that that next year so yeah that golf tournament my family and i michael we're pretty proud of it uh we've had some great guests uh, over the years from tsn and and uh, we gave out about 25 scholarships over the years to kids that were my age, like post-secondary kids. And they would come back every year and they would tell their story. Uh, they would be the guest speaker and they were unbelievable. And there's one girl I'll never forget. And she uh, she had to decide five days before Christmas if she was going to cut her leg off or not, because that was her best chance of surviving. And she did. And she walked up on that stage with her prosthetic leg and she gave her speech and there wasn't a dry eye and she's now a doctor. Oh, wow. Uh, And uh, so I I look back on, on a lot of those families I got to know and a lot of the young people I got to meet and it's uh, yeah, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of uh, in my life. Yeah. Too bad that unfortunately uh, you won't be able to do that, do that tournament this year because it looks like golf might be a total write off. Uh, I hope it's not, but it looks like it might be for the entire summer. uh, Don't you think? Yeah, it's not only that, Michael, it's 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 more than just the golf. I mean, people are, as we talked about off the top of your podcast, I mean, there's people um, that are trying to feed their families and may not have a job. Mm-hmm. And to do a charity golf tournament, and in Alberta has been hit really hard with their economy and oil prices, like optically, it's just, you know, right? It's just, it's just, man, to, it's so hard to do a charity golf tournament when and asking people for support when they can, you know, you're hoping they can just support their family. Right. So... Yeah, it's and and I feel that way right across Canada, right? Like, but you're right. Golf is one of those. I, you know me, man. I love golf as more than anybody. Uh, and 
you know, to be outdoors and to have that, that mental health break and that fresh air. And, uh, that's one sport. I hope, I hope that is one of the first, um, businesses to come back to allow people. Cause at some point, Michael, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to start to get back and get people to work, uh, without compromising our first responders and our healthcare workers. But, uh, I hope golf could be one of those things. And more importantly, just to, to get people to feel normal again and get some fresh air and, and be outside and, and and I hope that's sooner than later. Yeah, like uh, the act, the actual act of playing golf, I don't think it'll be too too bad in terms of you know there is a lot of people playing, but they're not very very close to each other, which is fine. But obviously, going into the clubhouse, that's uh, completely uh, totally it will be a, a write off. I think uh, I'm I'm going to assume it's probably till like at least July, which uh, I bought uh, some new uh, Callaway uh, Maverick uh, driver and three wood brag. And, uh, you might have to buy some new, like, see, Hound Dog, you're so dialed with your game. I've seen you online and on your Instagram. Like, you probably haven't used a new golf ball since 1984 because you're just straight. You're just down the pipe. Like, have you even lost a golf ball ever? The, <laughs> the year before I was even born, I haven't lost the ball. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, man, you're dialed. You're always down the pipe. Uh, well, it all depends if I had a couple wobbly pops. Sometimes uh, things might not be so good. The uh, so there's obviously the Masters w- would have been this week going on right now. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Masters uh, being moved to November? I, I think for everybody, you know what it's sports. You know when this all started, right? The NBA was the first uh, to shut things down, and then very soon after, all the commissioners shut down sport, and it was the right thing to do. Obviously, as we all try to get this thing um, past us, and we do it together. Um, I really hope that sport is the first thing that maybe opens up in some way because that sort of is what every, unites a lot of people. You know what? You can forget about your everyday problems. You can go back to having Oilers fans, uh, hating Flames fans, <laughs> and and people love their heroes and their sports figures. And whether it's football, golf, basketball, NBA, soccer, football, CFL, whatever, everyone like loves that escape. And that's what sports can provide people. And, and I think that's what makes this tough right now. You know, like people are looking for the nearest, um, you know, ping pong match online that they can live stream to just watch something. And I'm, I'm the guy who overpaid on Amazon for this $150 putting green in my condo that gets a lot of work, I might add. Oh, I, I better be a better putter when this is all said. <laughs> I must be hitting about 150 putts an hour here because uh, it's is it good. Do you, like, do you like it? It's not bad, actually. Yeah, it's it's just they. The thing I don't like about it is that it, at the end it, it tilts up, and yes. then, so I get it because like so it will spill the ball back to you. I mean, I'm not that lazy. I can take three steps to collect the balls to bring them back to me. I'd rather have a flat surface mm-hmm. to get your speed down. Um, and I'd say the stimp is probably at a nine right now. It's uh, not very fast <laughs> on this rug. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. But it's something to do, and and. Um, like everybody else, man, I'm trying to do the right thing. And, and, uh, I live, uh, near the lake, so I'll run to the lake and back and, you know, like anybody else get my groceries once a week. Like you were saying about your health, man, you know what I, with my schedule between the halves and the curling and the under 18s and the travel, this has been the most I've made dinners for myself and cooked breakfasts and lunches. It's like, wow, this, it's been pretty awesome to like have that uh, ability, but I am the chef is tired, Mike. The chef is tired out here. I'm like, I 
I'm like everybody else is dying to have Chardonnay or a glass of wine on the golf patio with my buddies. But um, that's probably across the board for everyone missing their friends right now and being outside together. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done uh, any of these Zoom calls that uh, people have been doing? I, I've been uh, setting mine up and playing like a Jackbox games with, uh, with some friends to, some, to pass some of the time. We try, so I got a, we have a, and I'm sure you do, I got a couple of group chats amongst my buddies. A lot of them are golf related. So my buddies at my golf club will, we just keep in touch. And it's been good actually just for your sanity. You know what? Someone will send an inappropriate joke or whatever. And you keep in touch. One of our buddies is going through a cancer right now. And so we, we, you know, kind of do a, a toast to him and, and he's on that chat. So that's been cool. Um, so we, a bunch of us, ordered some wine like a lot of wineries in canada and, and around are are doing free shipping because they are trying to keep like everyone their employees working so i love my red wine probably as much as matt cause does <laughs> um and so we all ordered uh from this one winery out in in the soyuz area and so tonight we're actually uh whoever's available we're going to do a zoom skype thing and do a wine tasting okay my buds. i will be there yep yeah, are you in? You're more of a beer connoisseur, aren't you? Aren't you more of a? You're like my buddy Dave Poolin. You love that that sweet, sweet beer. I've actually been trying to uh, get off beer. Uh, if I do have any alcohol, just have like rum or something, just because it obviously there's more calories in beer. And uh, so I, I, I'd like to hopefully think I'll just stick to beer on the golf course, which obviously I'm not golfing right now. Hound dog. There's so. a lot of sugar in rum. A lot yeah, of sugar in rum. You should maybe get on the vodka. The vod- the uh, I, I have uh, I have that as as well occasionally. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's uh, just uh, yeah, trying trying some some new things here, but uh, every so often I dabble into into some wine. Not not too often, but uh, yeah, okay. But to me, it's I'm always like uh, you know what's it? I always get the cheap bottles. Obviously, I'm I'm not uh, some sort of connoisseur by any stretch. And I couldn't even tell you which uh, kind, like Chardonnay versus uh, Riesling. It's like I don't know. I just pick up whatever. I don't even look at uh, the actual kind. I'm sure a wine connoisseur would be really uh, would really hate me. Yeah, anything goes. It's 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 pretty good, but I I don't really understand the whole difference between like a ten dollar bottle and like a five thousand dollar bottle, really. So do you know? Um, uh, you're a, you're a golf nut, so you know triple bogey beer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Tate, who started that company, he's a good buddy of mine, and and uh, selfless plug for him. But it's it, he's actually doing wine spritzers too in these little cans, and they've been doing free delivery to your backyard. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so he'll just like show up, drop it off. So the social distancing, boom, email transfer, and away you go. So Jeff, uh, he's a he's a lovely guy. I only I plug him in because he's my friend, but he's one of those companies that is the first to always donate to golf courses, curling. Uh, he's always the guy sponsoring a, a men's league or whatever. Very generous dude. So um, yeah, it's good to try support local businesses in Canada. And, and as you know, as it's been said many times, getting through this thing, we are Team Canada, right? So just trying to support local restaurants and businesses and try to keep uh, do what you can to, to help out locally anyways. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, sounds like a good plan. I just, I just realized, actually, the, the original question, uh, Masters, uh, we, we got, off, got off track there somehow. Masters in November and the Open Championship being canceled outright. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on that? Oh, geez. see, you got me. Wa- see, you got me wandering around here. Uh, <laughs> That's good though. I, I like going all over the place. It's, like it's a good. snap book. Like you know my golf game just into the <laughs> other fairway. Um, I, I think I think all these organizations are doing what they have to and, and their best. Right. Uh, the Masters again. What a, it's an iconic event that we all like if you love golf which you and i love golf i mean who like the masters is it's it's man it's like to me like the stanley cup right of golf like i love the masters and it's 
Um, yeah, so so delay it, sure. Do do our best to keep these things alive, something to look forward to for people. I, I think I think Michael and, and I keep coming back to this about events and, and yeah, it's happening everywhere. But a, it's the right thing right now, and b, uh, big picture. You know, my my thoughts are more with people just trying to like get get through their 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 lives and and without there's people that have a lot of worries right now over then like what if you have uh, healthcare people in your family and whatnot sports is going to be great and all these things are getting pushed back and it's the right thing to do trust me right? but we make our living on sports man you and i and 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 i can't wait my goodness i miss calling montreal canadians games you have no idea and uh i was supposed to do that swing out uh, to california when this all got shut down the, the halves are going to san jose and anaheim and la and they shut it down on the wednesday i, I had a flight on the friday to go out there and at that time you'll remember san jose was the first one of those hot zone cities mm -hmm. where there was uh you know there was worry about it being uh one of those hot zone areas and we were just talking about man imagine calling an nhl game with nobody in the building you know and then it went from that to like boom the overnight NHL just boom yeah it's hourly. crazy yeah. it changed hourly so to answer your question about you know the golf and and these things going forward, I think, yeah, you postpone it, you push it back, you give the fans, you know, you know, it's not outright canceled. But I mean, this is unprecedented, man. It's it's never happened. Imagine like I looked at my grandparents. I'm lucky to have two grandparents alive. This is new to them. Like imagine going back almost, you know, 80, 90 years. And this is we've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you're going to look back someday and say, yeah, remember that that Stanley Cup that didn't get played or the Memorial Cup that was canceled in hockey or, you know, the Open Championship canceled, et cetera, et cetera. It's 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 unprecedented. So I think all these organizations are doing what they're trying to do to, you know, postpone it, do what they can. You mentioned Montreal Canadiens games. Uh, I'll admit, I, I hate the Habs, but you. Uh, I, I, <laughs> but, I love it. But uh, you, you really, honestly, you do a really, really good job. Like so good with those. I, I will actually watch Habs games because you're doing it, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, that is actually the truth. Uh, but can you admit one thing? The uh, the ole 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 chant. Uh, that's that's so annoying. No. You know, number one, a thank you for the compliment. Uh, I was going to send you a, a lifetime of toilet paper regardless via FedEx. It's on the way to you because um, I know you don't need golf balls because you're perfect. Um, Michael, <laughs> when though. you're in the zone, you know, the Bell Center is and I'm not. And, and listen, I grew up in northern Alberta during the 80s. So you can imagine what team my family rooted for back then. So uh, but the Montreal Canadiens franchise. uh how iconic it is, uh, the players that have come before us, um, the traditions and the bell center. I don't know if there's a better office, um, you know, and, and the OA, 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 the chance and whatnot. Um, the one thing that, that we will, when you talk to athletes, especially when they were asked about playing in empty arenas or if, if sports comes back without the fans in the buildings, Michael, the fans and that passion makes our job that much more special. When when it's the third period in a 3-3 tie, and I don't care if they're playing a rival, you know, if they're playing the Leafs or they're taking on Florida, it doesn't matter. In that kind of atmosphere and the fans and the ups and downs and the, and the flows of the game and the passion and the electricity in that building – um, I don't really notice any of the sound other than just, you know, what, what's going on in front of me and calling the game, but, but the fans and the passion, that's what makes our job so much fun. That that's, that's what drives, uh, my call and the play and the excitement. And, 
and you look at the guys who've come before us and the Danny Gallivans and the Bob Coles and, and, and it's, it's that passion of the fan base. So I feel lucky, man, to, to be able to call at least half my games of the home games in that building. It's, it's a really cool experience. Who is the uh, stinkiest analyst you have to work with? If you're working with him, you're just like, Oh God, he's going to be letting rippers go all night. Actually, one of the, the things that you could ask the analysts about me, I'm I'm really weird. I actually pack a lot of essential oils with me on the road. That's one of my kryptonite things that I bring with me. So I'm literally the guy with peppermint and like lavender in the broadcast booth. The, no, everyone's pretty much uh, stank free. There, there's not a lot of gassy guys or, or people that I work with. So um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I was hoping Pooley, uh, Pooley, Dave Poolin, maybe. Uh, that would have been my guess. I don't know why. Come on. Top 10 all time in the NHL, shorthanded goals. My captain. <laughs> He's you awesome. think I would ever railroad my captain on your podcast? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I work with absolute, as you would call them, butatrons, buddy. I, I, and I'm not just saying that. Like, you know, Mike Johnson, Dave Poulin, to have those two guys as my analysts, um, they, and I say that, like, they make me better, man. They, they are awesome. They work hard. I don't know if people appreciate how much work those guys put in behind the scenes to do a hell of a job. And I don't get to work with him as much on the Habs, but Craig Button, um, I get to work with Craig. Uh, we've done the U18s together since 2015. Craig uh, was always a huge believer and supporter in me when I was awful at play-by-play. And, um, you know, we that's, you know, you, 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 he was huge in helping me. And, and Craig and I do call a couple games. We had one beauty game together this year in Calgary. And they have won an OT. Max Domi scored that goal. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I work with some awesome people. And uh, they make me better, and 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 they're my buddies. Like it's, and I'm like it's. I feel really lucky to have the job that I have. It's uh, they're they're awesome dudes. By the way, uh, I want you to Google while I ask you this next question, Charles Boyle. I, I want to see. Uh, I want to hear your reaction to uh, if you look just like him. I, I swear, when I first saw him on that show, I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's a great show. If you need a, something uh, to get through uh, these times, you gotta start binging that show for sure. Charles, I'm googling it. Charles Boyle, actor. Uh, just images. a character. Yeah, I think his name real name's Joe something. Joe. Duh. He's really good looking. <laughs> wow, that's a handsome guy. Uh, yeah, Joe Lo Truglio. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sure. You get on board with that? Yeah. Yeah. Is he? He's a good looking guy. Man. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. You know what? That's that's like people. Uh, I get George Clooney a lot. Um, a lot of people say I look like hound dog a little bit. I get that sometimes buddy, but then they see my golf swing and I'm five fairways over and they know it's not me. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, you know something about me that I, I actually don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I watch a ton of live sports. I'm a sports nut like everybody else. I watch, I'm the guy who like takes advantage of center ice. Like I'm the guy watching the Kings, uh, you know, sharks game at one in the morning, Eastern time. A, because it's my job, but I love it. Like, I, I love having hockey on uh, 24-7. I love I, – I miss watching curling, but I'm usually broadcasting it. <laughs> so <laughs> – but I do love to watch, uh, you know, curling. And I'm a huge um, stock market nerd. So I run a, a, my portfolio and, and a few family members' stock portfolios. So uh, – and I read a lot. I don't watch a lot of TV, man. Hmm. Yeah, the stock, I wish I was more involved in the stocks and actually knowing and uh, understanding them a little bit more because uh, – um, although maybe it's a good thing I don't know more about them. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that's one thing I actually I probably should take up uh, during <laughs> this time, you know, to actually sort of understand that a little bit more. 
Well, uh, you wouldn't want to be in the stock market the last month. It has been a disaster. But uh, for younger people, it's a good time to invest. My, my, My tip, if you're in your 20s or early 30s, just go buy the S&P 500. Just go buy uh, an index. Uh, the S&P 500 is uh, top 500 companies. The um, MER, and it's really cheap. That's the management expense ratio. Like Vanguard has one. iShares has one. You can buy that. You can buy the TSX 60. Same thing. Super cheap. And boom, you're invested. There you go. Free advice. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's beauty, and I definitely uh, need to get on that. I, I I invest a little bit. I just don't actually know entirely what I'm doing, but I know that I'm investing, so that's a good thing. But it's just uh, you know, I, I took the advice yeah, but, of uh, some advisors. So <laughs> okay, well then, yeah, if you have an advisor, that's awesome. But like, you could be investing in like the wrong things and be it's not investing; it's like gambling. You might as well be betting on the on the uh, the random. I think actually bet three six five. Someone was I don't I'm not a big gambler, but someone was telling me you can like bet on ping pong table games right now. That and you can uh, you also bet on virtual sports on there, which is hilarious. I I, I uh, work sometimes. I'll just watch them just to see like you know is there any sort of pattern or something like that. And I I've come to the conclusion that the first time you go onto a virtual sport, the event that has the longest odds to win will win. Because then, obviously, I'm sure they want you to, you know, in theory, someone will look at that and go, oh, I, I should bet on the longest odds to win. And then, of course, the next uh, a thousand times, it probably doesn't work. I actually liked it that I haven't been gambling in all the last month. It's just nice to, and it's a nice little clean break, you know? Yeah, I'm glad I don't, my, my future is of, of uh, I buy, like, good red wine and then stick it away for 10 years. That's as much as I'll gamble. I work too hard for my money, man couple things uh before i let you go here brian obviously with what's going on right now traveling isn't uh, a thing the place i'd want to most go to in the world would be ireland and i know you were there for a golf trip uh and there was some interest i remember an interesting story you said on uh, the previous podcast i used to do the going for broke podcast uh in ireland golf story with golf gloves uh fill us in on that what what happened then Oh, buddy, that was awkward, but it was great. Number one, you're right. Ireland is amazing. Oh, need to go like Lynx, Lynx golf in like Scotland or Ireland, it's almost like a different sport. And anyone who's been over there knows what I'm saying. It's like you can't you can't hit the nice high nine iron in like you usually would. You're playing, you know, 160 yards out. You're literally turning in your five iron and playing a punch shot and letting it roll up. Like it's cool. It's it's you just you're you're playing such crafty different shots. Or you're putting it from 100 yards. So we were playing uh, Royal Port Rush, actually, uh, which just had a, yeah, we just uh, we played Royal Port Rush. I actually played well that day, but you know you go out and it got to about the fourth hole, and well, nature calls. And <laughs> unlike in Canada, there's not like a big spruce tree that I can go and you know hide out in, and you got caddies and whatever, and it's it's just flat. So I I managed to find a sort of little of the valley in this little bush area. Sad thing there, Hound Dog. It, it wasn't number one that was calling. Um, so <laughs> number two was calling. So Yikes. I, uh, you know, I had like the uh, the slightest bit uh, of toilet paper in my golf bag, but it, it wasn't even toilet paper. It was like a couple of uh, napkins. I'm like, okay, I guess this will have to do. And worst case, I'm thinking, okay, I've got I've got like a couple old golf gloves in here. I was gonna throw it anyways. So um, so I'm doing that. And as my buddy, he's about and God bless, what a throw. He's like the Joe Montana. My buddy Paul. He they're all laughing at me. I think one guy took a photo. Like nice <laughs> friends. And um, literally, like without breaking stride about a 30 yard toss he tosses his golf club i'm in mid squat i grab it out of midair finish up made par it was wow. a par five yeah so 
you know what? Uh, I cleaned up, but bump, right? I think I won again. I think I got a. Sh- I think it was like number two hardest hole, and I think I got like a five for four and won a skin on that. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. Thanks, Michael, for letting me uh, retell that story to more people. But uh, what are you gonna do? You gotta go. You gotta go. Right? Hey, like, I, I'm all about embarrassing so- stories in the golf course. You know, uh, I, I could even share one of myself. Uh, years ago, uh, I was playing with a buddy, and I think it was about the fourth hole or something like that. I was like, uh-oh, I, uh, oh boy, I have a feeling, uh, I have a feeling that wasn't just a toot, but I was like, oh, let me just not say anything. I'm not going to say anything just in case it wasn't, because obviously I don't have a mirror out there at all. Uh, it was not just a toot. Uh, I may, I think that, that front nine I went, uh, I think, I think it was uh, bogey, par, quadruple bogey, triple bogey, birdie, 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 par, birdie, par, something like that. It was like the craziest front nine I've ever had in terms of like four birdies and quads and triples. And it was all over the place. I get into the clubhouse after the ninth hole. I'm like, I hope, I hope this is not what I think it is. It was definitely what I thought it was. <laughs> so wow. I, I said to him on the tenth hole, I'm like, Did you, uh, did you happen to see uh, my my short series? Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I just didn't want to say anything. I was like, Yeah, yeah, that happened. But hey, I made four birdies on that on that nine holes. If that, if I'm gonna make four birdies, I will do that every single time if if it's gonna improve my golf game. No question. Still- so there, there wasn't a horseshoe in there or something else, hey? <laughs> uh, and I said there's a couple other things I want to mention. Uh, I'm a little offended uh, we are, whatever we are, into this podcast, and you haven't said the word sensuous once. I'm very uh, very, uh, very upset. Well, I, I opened up with an umbang for you. I thought That's that true. was pretty good. That's um, really good. What would you – well, I can tell you what's not sensuous right now, and that would be my, my uh, current look. Uh, the, uh, the beard uh, hair combo I got going on right now would probably scare off relatives that I had. Um, but it's good. I'm growing, I'm growing this sucker out. We're going for it. I'm going for broke to pay homage to your old uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm going for it. I, uh, I also, I'm growing a beard and my hair, I was going to get a cut like two days before all this happened. And I obviously can't get a cut now. And so I'm also letting myself go and just going full caveman and, uh, you know, just embrace it. Just, yeah, I've actually, uh, I put on a lumberjack shirt the other day and I did something on Instagram and people like the look, they like the disheveled, um, you know what? Look on on muddy over here. So I'm just gonna grow it out, going with it. And well, that's perfect. And, and perhaps uh, that leads to my last question. Uh, maybe you and I can go on the show, and uh, and you can keep that look, and maybe that that you'll win the game. Uh, are we gonna go on the Bachelor at some point here, or, uh, or give me some tips uh, if I should go on that show? Uh, buddy, the bat, the bachelor. Oh boy. I think you're talking to the wrong guy. Um, you would be great. The, the hound dog bachelor. I think the problem is though, there'd be too many lady candidates lining up for you. <laughs> you know what? I, no we'd have to, the screening, pro, the screening process would be just exhausting. Um, so I think we put you on there and we combine it with the big uh, brother Canada, uh, thing as well. So you're, you're the bachelor and on big brother. And it's just like a, a, a double show for you. Oh. God, that'd be incredible. Sponsored by Baconators from Wendy's, and you just crush it. They they do have a Wendy's sponsor in that Big Brother Canada. So well, that, I, buddy, I think you're destined for. Uh, I think you are are born for reality television. You should be doing something. <laughs> uh, it'd be so much fun. I, I tried it for Big Brother Canada four times, I think, and I keep getting the same casting guy every time. And I, I walk in, and he, uh, one of the years he was just like, because there's uh, six people that walk in at the same time, and he goes. All right, guys. I've been here for five hours. Go. Why should you be? Uh, why should you be on the show? And it was just like, oh man, you're already nervous enough as you walk in, and then you have like, this guy who just like poo-poo's you basically. It's just like, oh, 
Like it just rattles you for sure. And then last year, or last time I, I tried to go on, you're standing outside for, in the freezing cold because it's always November that they have the casting uh, in Toronto. And so you're there for like two, three hours outside and you have to go inside. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I thought if I wrote like Michael Harrison, I think people would be like, ah, that's kind of boring. It's not really interesting. So I wrote Hound Dog Harrison thinking that, oh, maybe, maybe that'll be, he'll catch his attention. And the guy goes, oh, who's Hound Dog? And I'm like, oh, no. Yikes, right away. I knew I had no chance. And I told him I worked at TSN. He didn't know what TSN was. And it was just a disaster. So if I can get past the first guy, I swear I could be on that show. But I haven't been able to get past him. Well, I think two things you do. Number one, just show off that that resume of, of you filling your shorts in the golf course. That should get you in. If not, you line up me, Andrew Shear, and this Joe Low Truglio guy. And then you will definitely shine above us and you'll get the roses and it'll just end beautifully. And then you'll walk out with your new babe to the Rainbow Riders compilation. The Ukrainian rock band will play you out <laughs> yes. and they'll play as well uh, at your wedding. I think it's going to come together perfectly. Wow, that, uh, everything coming full circle. I love it. Uh, well, thank you, Brian, for uh, being on the podcast. It was a lot of fun and uh, we'll have to have you on uh, definitely again in the future. Mm, bang! Mm, bang! By the way, I just Googled Rainbow Rider, hoping to get the, the song to be able to play at the end of this podcast. Unbelievably, what are the odds of this? It just so happens Rainbow Rider is the third album by some guy who made some music in the 70s. Who is that guy? His name? Mike Harrison. Not even, you can't even, you basically couldn't even make this up. Yeah, Rainbow Rider is a third soluble album by Mike Harrison, most notable as a principal lead singer for Spooky Tooth. So apparently, I was a part of Spooky Tooth. What are the odds that Rainbow Rider would be the name for Jay Andre and Brian Mudrick's parents' band and also the name for Mike Harrison of Spooky Tooth, just like me? Unbelievable. Thank you so much for listening to episode 14 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang! This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang!